0: our Awakening Womans podcast. I'm here with Lori and we are just excited to spend this time with you today. And we thought it would be a really great podcast to dive into two specific women from the Bible and what we can learn from their stories. And personally we chose these because, Lori, these are some of our faves, right?
1: Oh, yes. These are some mighty women. <laughs> these funny. are some crushing snakes women.
0: These are crushing snakes. These this women is, are crushing these snakes. These are our people. Like, oh, this is like, I, man. When I read the Bible, I'm like, yes, this is who I want to be like. Like yeah. I want to be like Jesus, Yeah. But I want to be like <laughs> this woman, too. She is yeah. incredible. So we won't hold it any longer, the suspense. Well, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about Deborah, and if you want to even reference Christianity.com, they have a really great overview of her. And so we're gonna be using a little bit of that, a little bit of our concordances, and just even sharing a little bit of the study that we've done. But Deborah is one of the most influential women of the Bible, and she's known for her wisdom and courage. And she is the only woman of the Old Testament and is known for her own faith and action, not because of her relationship to her husband or another man. It literally, she stands alone, she's a prophet, and she's a judge and here she hears God's voice and we're looking at Judges 4 when Deborah becomes becomes Israel's judge. Now Deborah steps in because there's a Canaanite king who is bringing great oppression to Israel and they are looking for deliverance and they're crying out to God and Deborah steps in to be used by God in a really powerful way. We're going to kind of unpack a bit of her story. Now for the Canaanite king, you have to understand here, the Canaanite king had 900 chariots of iron. And at that time, that would have been remarkable, like crazy. That's like equivalent to like tanks, yeah,
1: at, like in our day. Yeah. That would be like tanks coming out, like tank after tank, like
0: the highest form of military like combat in that day in that, that day they would have had. So this was like an impossible situation. They were completely at odds. There's no way they could win against this Canaanite king. And if you think about Israel at the time, they were in the hill country. So if you think about it, they would have had a lot of hand-to-hand combat, but to have chariots, there's no way. So this would not even been a possibility, but God raises up Deborah. And it says here that Deborah is the wife of Lapidoth and even this is an interesting thing when i've read this in the bible i've always thought oh she was married but actually wife in hebrew is the same word for woman so we're not really sure if she was married but she is a woman that is used greatly of god so even as you're reading this we don't know there's some mysteries even in that but god uses her and she begins to judge israel and the name Deborah means honeybee and as a prophetess and a judge God raises her up and gives her leadership abilities Judging here refers to her functioning in a recognized office, including rendering decisions on people's inquiries. And she also then goes on to play a defined role in a battle, which is amazing. So this is where we pick up. She sits now. This is awesome, Lori. When I was reading this, she would sit under the palm of Deborah. Okay. Like <laughs> Okay,
1: okay, Rhonda, paint the picture here. What are you imagining is happening? I mean as she's sitting under the palm. Not
0: only is she like the judge, like she's She's the okay, boss so first like, of all
1: she's prophet she's a warrior yeah and now she's finding herself sitting under the palm tree yeah she's sun sitting tanning.
0: a sun tanning yeah and it's called <laughs> the palm of Deborah like this is it must have been a magnificent palm like i mean hot destinations sitting under a palm tree people would come to her under the palm of deborah i mean that's just amazing
1: and it actually says they would come to seek wisdom from her yes they would want her to judge right what is right and wrong what do i do in this situation people would come and seek her wisdom she was such a wise
0: and courageous woman yeah she had a governance gift of leadership this was part of her being a judge she brought governance to the israelites so they would go to her for judgment and one day God gives her word, and she sends out for Barak, and he is what he's one of the sons, and it goes on to who he is, but he's one of the sons in Kadesh, he's where he lives, and she says to him a prophetic word, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, and she then goes on to instruct him to call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes, and that they are gonna go against Sisera, which is the commander of this Canaanite army, they're gonna go after this army, and they are going to take it down. And this is what Deborah says. God is going to give you victory over him. So that's what we set up. Like you're looking at tanks versus coming from the hills with like knives and spears. And they're literally going against an impossible army. God's saying, I'm going to give you victory. Right. Now, right. And God's speaking through Deborah. Through Deborah. God is giving a word to Deborah to say, we're going to go and we're
1: going to fight this impossible fight. We're going to actually physically step into this realm because God is with us, and God has said, we're going to defeat this army. It's time for the people of God to rise in this day and in this age. I love how it starts, too, because I believe at the beginning of the chapter, it says the people have done evil in the sight of the Lord, right? So God, again, raises up a judge, a righteous judge, in order to rule and to lead the people in the ways of God. So this is part of what's happening. Evil has to be defeated in order for the ways of God to rise up amongst the people. And I just... Like, I just love that this word comes to Barack, but I don't think Barack fully believes the word that she has. You know, God has spoken to her, the word is true, the word is right. She is a prophet. She hears from God. She speaks on behalf of God. She has that responsibility, that old testament responsibility, which is huge because if you're wrong in the old testament, you die. So this isn't <laughs> big consequences. You don't have <laughs> you've gotta get it right. But she brings the word, but he doesn't Fully. I don't think he fully believes it with how he responds to this. No, and I think this is a neat
0: spot to just pause because Barack's response to her is I'll go. So he's saying, I'll go, but only if you go with him. And then she replies, so we're just gonna say this verse and we're just gonna pause here because I think it'd be really neat to unpack some of these, just this little moment in time. She says, Very well, I will go with you but you will receive no honor in this venture for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be in the hands of a woman. So interesting enough, she's saying, okay, I'll go with you. Like Barak's like, I'll do it. So first he says a yes, but then he's like, I'm only gonna go if you go. And then she says, okay, I'm going to go with you, but you're not going to get any glory in this. It's going to go to a woman. And then that's our next part of our our, our podcast today, which is really cool. But this is a really interesting thing because I was just thinking about Barack. We were talking a bit about, you know, it, it was quite remarkable, wouldn't you say, for a man at that time to even have come to her and acknowledge this?
1: Yes, yes. I mean, I mean think of the rarity of even having a woman in that position a woman as a judge a woman that's in leadership over men i mean in this society would have been unheard of in fact i'm pretty sure that the study notes said that there's only 5 women in the bible that are even named as a prophetess in the old testament throughout the old testament yes. so you know you have little like little moments where you see a woman rise up to bring either a word from the lord or leadership that is coming Um, And one of the things I find remarkable about it is that there has to be something special about these men that are willing to actually receive from a woman in this type of society. So not only for God to use the woman, that's not a surprise to me at all, because I do believe with all of my heart that God Mm -hmm. uses women and wants to use women and wants to raise up not just women, everyone. I believe that when God looks, I don't think that he sees gender the way that we see gender. You know, and in our day and age and in North America, there's such a fight for gender equality. It's such a and it's important and I believe in it. I believe that women should be treated equal to men, women should be paid equal to men, and it's still not the case. Even in North America, it's still not the case. Women have to work harder and women are not promoted as much and women are not in Um, positions of top leadership as often as men are and so like I do I really do believe that as part of God's ultimate plan perfect plan garden plan Mm -hmm. that he sees men and women uh, operating in the fullness of how he's created us side by side as equals um, but I do, I think that as you go through these stories, I think of jo- um, Joshua and Rahab, I think of different ones who allowed women to be a part of the story and embraced their role in the story in its fullness. What a, uh, It says something about those men, too, of that day and age, because I guarantee you, I know those scriptures do not, you know, expound on it specifically, but I guarantee you there would have been a lot of opposition for Deborah, a lot in that day and age. It
0: would have been difficult for her to be in this position um, as a woman in that day. I agree. And it's really interesting because even as you're saying that, it does say something about Barak because he takes the, receives a the word from her and then he says, I'm going to go. And he would have been a warrior. Like, it says yeah, yeah. they call out the warrior. And he's probably the leader of the army. I believe he's the leader of... Yeah, like he's he, one of the leaders of the army. Yeah, like, she calls him out. Like, that's to exactly, go and get everybody. That's yeah. exactly, to rally the troops together, to go and to bring all the warriors together. And so, but he says, I need you to go with me. So not only does he receive this word from Deborah and says it, like, if you think of receiving a word like that and looking at what your opposition is, that really took a lot of faith and trust in someone's word that they're hearing from God. And they're telling you, you're gonna go and take down these tanks. Like that's what you're gonna do. And there's, and you're gonna use your little weapons and it's gonna happen. And they're thinking, no way, but he receives it. He receives it in faith. But then he says, but I want you to go with me. And the thing I just thought was really interesting is obviously he recognized The incredible authority, the incredible gift, the incredible anointing on her life. And it would have been evident because she was set apart as a judge. God would have equipped her as a judge. It would have been very evident the the mantle that rests upon her, the governing mantle. However, Barak, in this moment, we can see with one line of scripture a misplaced trust in the sense she says, God wants you to go. And he says, okay, I'll go. But I want you to come with me. So it's like I need you. Instead of relying, I need only God. God's asking me to do this. Wow. I can step out in faith. But instead of just stepping on faith, he says, okay, well, I'm gonna step out in faith. But it's almost like he Only if you come. Only if you come. So it's like he brings like kind of that that power over on Deborah, like to say instead of relying just on God to do this, right. that He's asking me to do this, there is something that God wanted to do in Barack's life. That you see even though there was victory we go on to read about victory it wasn't the fullness of how god wanted to use barack i mean at the end of the day there was victory but there was a piece missing for barack god was going to do what he's going to do right he was going to do that Right. but there was a piece for barack that god wanted to use his life and even deborah goes on to say however but like she says the but but you're going to receive no glory in this no honor in this it's going to go to a woman. Because he didn't actually believe that God could use him in the full capacity, that he needed something else to go with him.
1: And how often do we find ourselves in situations like that, right? Yeah. Where we sense that God is saying, "Like go and do this," or we sense that we're to maybe have a difficult conversation, or we sense we're supposed to step into something, or maybe have a career change, or maybe, and, and maybe we know that we're supposed to do it, but we can along the way put our faith in the wrong thing in order to sort of make that thing happen. I think we do this type of thing all the time. We get a sense or a direction from the Lord. We think, oh, I I think I'm supposed to walk in this way. I'm supposed to, you know, maybe pivot in this direction. And then all of a sudden, as we begin to take steps... Now our faith goes into, okay, well, I'm going to make this happen in this way, or I'm going to just work hard enough, or I'm going to put my trust in this boss to give me this promotion, or like we can do this a lot of times because often I think we get caught up in what we can see in the natural. Like what is right in front of us is easier to believe than sort of, you know, the faith it takes to trust the word that God has said or what God has promised. The other thing I think that happens sometimes, you know, as we kind of walk out this faith journey is that I I think that it never looks the way that we expect, like as so we're true. walking it out, it doesn't look the way we think it's going to look. So along the way, we can get a bit disillusioned, a bit fearful, a bit um, uncertain. We're not sure where it's going to go or how we're going to get there. So along the way, we can sort of lose our way and then put our faith, anchor our faith into the wrong things, anchor our faith into natural things that actually can never provide what God has. And so this is a really good life lesson. And I'm just like thinking about this through the lens of my own life. Where do I do this? Where do I maybe take a leap? Okay, I'll do it. I'll go. But then all of a sudden I get a little afraid and I'm like, actually, I can't do this. Like, I can't, I can't do this. And so I put my faith in natural means to try to make happen what I know God said to do. But where, when that happens, do I actually get robbed in the journey? Mm -hmm. You know, where do I actually rob God from all You know he wants to receive the glory for for what he's given us for where he's leading us and he wants the the glory in the situation and actually he had a plan for barack in this situation like he had a plan for him he wanted to use him in a significant and a powerful way in this story and he did but it probably wasn't exactly what god had intended and like you said he still got to experience the victory but it didn't come exactly there was a breakthrough for him too in this story that he probably missed out on because he put his faith in deborah instead of putting his full faith faith and trust in god
0: lord that's an amazing honestly that's amazing like a hacking of that i love that and i also want to just even circle back as we've just been talking about barack circle back to a little bit about deborah even being used as a woman of god and even Barack, as you were talking a little bit about like her being used in that time would have been counter-cultural like like that would have just not been the norm and very difficult like you're right she would have faced a lot of resistance and god obviously would have continued blessed her and given her favor that she continued to flourish under the palm of deborah but there (laughs) it would have been not with not with ease i'm sure at that time and we're not saying that because we're trying to read into scripture. but when you look at anything when you step out in faith it's not always that everything opens up some, oftentimes if you step into faith you've got to completely rely on God even with resistance because you're kind of going upstream. You're moving in the opposite way. Oftentimes, God calls you to move in a way that just feels so hard, and you have to really rely on God's strength and to say, okay, you called me to do this. This is what I've been asked to do. Not waiting for everything around you to confirm, or if there's an ease to say, okay, that that confirms it. No, oftentimes it can feel really hard. So we can't judge what God's called us to do by how we feel or by people's responses. We really have to rely on the voice of God that's been confirmed, tested, and then we just move forward. It's really powerful because I have a lot of respect for her, and I just want to read this little thing about her being a woman, because I think it's be really encouraging for any of our women listeners. Deborah rose in ancient Israel as a female judge whose multiple leadership functions demonstrate the possibilities for any woman who will allow God's spirit to fill and form her life She became a celebrated leader of political influence and authority while maintaining the grace and dignity of womanhood. I love that. Deborah also acquired a reputation as a wise settler of disputes and of justice. She was a counselor, a wife, possible wife, prophetess, and deliverer in times of war. Her successful mobilization of the Israelite army demonstrated her leadership abilities and spiritual insight. Under her leadership, the people witnessed God's provincial Provincial um, pro- providential assistance in the form of a massive storm and the defeat of Cicero's superiority and their armed forces. Deborah depicts the finest possibilities of a gifted, God-fearing woman who allows the spirit of God to develop her full capabilities to impact the world around her and this is from my concordance in my Bible and I'm just thinking you know for each of us this is what we're talking about Barak whether it's Deborah or whether it's Barak you can see here as we look at Deborah she allowed God to fully use her Barak was used, but there was a short-circuiting of where he fully could be used, and that's God's heart for women and men, to be used to the full capability of what God sees and how God calls. But I love that she rose in that time, and it was such an opposite way. And so as we go on to read, Deborah goes to battle, and she literally is there with Barak, and as foretold in her prophecy that there would be victory, but it would fall in the hands of a woman. But it was not, it was not Deborah. I this know. Victory. That's so interesting, yeah. too. Yes. Like, there's a
1: humility there, even in her, recognizing, okay, like, I play a part, but I, I actually am not going to hold. I, I'm not going to go down in history as the one who defeated Won nope. this battle? There's another woman that God wants to profile in this story, which I just love that. I love that redemption for Israel is going to come through
0: the hand of a woman, through a woman. I, I mean, it. think of this. This is so amazing. You've I got know. Brack in the story. You have Deborah. So Deborah goes to the war. I mean, that took a lot of courage. She's standing right there in the middle of the battlefield. She goes. Oh no, she must have had she had her horse she had her yeah she had her horse and i'm sure she had her spear her arrow like she's ready but i mean deborah is there she faced it she went she didn't check it out she followed through on her word Mm -hmm. she rose in that moment and went into battle now this is an incredible story so as we see what happens god brings victory but the story kind of continues in the fullness of this victory because as god brings victory the main commander escapes. So Sisera escapes on foot. So he takes off. And this is now the full victory is even with the commander, everyone being defeated. And so we go on to take off on this story. But Deborah, as we just close a little bit of Deborah, because she'll continue. The victory happens and she goes on to write this whole poetic song of victory. Even though they don't know where Sisera is, they see that they have defeated this army. I mean, it must have been in just a moment of awe as they're watching these 900 chariots go down God brought a great storm he totally brings like chaos they defeat this army there is deliverance for Israel and they begin to celebrate and she begins to write this song and in this song you know she begins even to prophesy this is a prophetic song of that there will be a complete victory and this is where we go on to see about Sisera but I just love all these aspects of Deborah I mean, I'm inspired by her. She's one of my favorite characters in the Bible because of how God used her at a time where it was unexpected, in unexpected times, unexpected places, in an unexpected way. God uses a woman, and he anoints her with a governing ability, and not only a governing ability, an ability to war, and to see, and to prophesy, and to step into great faith where it would have been, you know, it's not like we're filled with the Holy Spirit now. The Holy Spirit would rest on a person for a time and a season for an what God had called them to do. And so, I mean, this would have been so miraculous of what she'd experienced. And I think even as we read in the Bible, it's only a couple chapters, but the magnificence of this story is quite remarkable of all those aspects moving into it. So I just love her. I love how powerful she was. And I mean, well, I can see why you like her so much. She was a prophetess, a
1: warrior, and she was a singer. Yeah. Oh, I guess so. I this, uh,
0: the song of Deborah. She was, yeah.
1: uh, she was all of the things you are, Rhonda. I you love her. You are a Deborah. You I are love Deborah, her. But you're not a Deborah. You're a Rhonda, and and you're but you're just like Deborah. Love I it. Called anointed. So good. I know. So I love good. her. So
0: I know yeah. we're just like unpacking her. You're the but... Deborah. I'm the jail. <laughs> yes. So I mean, this is here the story. So here we go. So this this gets even better. This is like a movie. This, <laughs> this is, is actually. Like this is an epic movie. So as you've seen, there's defeat. You know, Deborah is prophesying, but Sisera has taken off. And so here we go.
1: All right. So we're going to continue reading in Judges chapter four. And I'm just going to read a couple of the verses here. It's not very long. I'm going to start at verse 18. It says, and Jael came out to meet... Sisera? Sisera. Sisera? Sisera. Sisera. I always want to put the emphasis on a different part of the word. Okay. And Dale came out to meet Sisera and said to him, turn aside, my Lord, turn aside to me. Do not be afraid. I just picture her voice being like just very soft and very unassuming and very sweet. He trusted her. So he turned aside uh, to her into the tent and and she covered him with a rug. And he said to her, please give me a little water to drink, for I'm thirsty. So she opened a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. And he said to her, stand in the opening of the tent, and if any man comes and asks you, is anyone here, say no. But Jael, the wife of Heber, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand. She wouldn't have had any, she obviously didn't have any weapons, okay? So she literally yeah. is like looking around, she's like, oh my gosh. Once
0: again, women are so Oh my gosh.
1: School. She's probably <laughs> looking around, she's like, I have the captain the head honcho the biggest guy i he's here she's probably like freaking out but she's acting so calm she looks around she grabs the 10 peg and the hammer she went softly to him And then she drove the tent peg into his temple until it went down into the ground while he was lying fast asleep from weariness, so he died. And behold, as Barak was pursuing Sisera, Jael went out to meet him and he said, Come and I'll show you the man who you're seeking. And he went to her her tent and there lay Sisera dead with the tent peg in his temple. I love that so so here Deborah was exactly right God told her exactly what they were to do then Barack resisted a little said okay we'll go but you need to come and she said okay okay it will be as you say but now the victory will come through a woman so this unsuspecting woman gets to play a major part in this story is written for all of history for all of history as the hero, really, the hero, the victory of this great, great battle that they were in. And so I just love that. And I do, I feel like for us, you know, as we read this story and we think about our own lives and we live them out, you know, we never know the moment, like that we're gonna step into something that has significance for either our family, for our family line, spiritual significance, Um, significance even over a city, over a nation, over a church, over a a leadership call. Like we never know the moment. And you know, you have to be a person that is a person of character, a person that is humble, a person that is just hungering after God to be ready for when this moment comes. But I do believe that these moments come in our faith. I don't always believe it's quite as obvious as this that we know that's the moment. We don't often know that's the moment. But at some point in our life, I do believe we can look back and we can see that a decision that we make, a resolve that we had, a sort of course that we set, had significance, not only for us, but for others coming behind us. And I think like when we share this walk of faith that we're in, right, as we read the Old Testament, these are natural stories that have spiritual significance. So for us now, as we're walking this out, we have to recognize that it isn't just about like, let's say um, a family line per se. It is about God's family line. Like our spiritual significance as we make choices, they affect a spiritual family line that we're all grafted into that we're all a part of so they matter and we all i think hunger deep in our spirits for a moment like this like a moment of significance in our life that we can look back on and we can say like wow like god profoundly used me beyond my own ability in this particular situation Um, And we don't always know that that's the moment when it is, because it doesn't necessarily feel as exciting as this story. It doesn't necessarily feel that exciting. But God, I think, is setting us up every single day for these opportunities. And we never know when that moment's going to come for us to step into.
0: That is so powerful, Lori, because even as you're saying that, I was just thinking about, you know, Deborah. I think you would assume it would be someone like that, using a profound yes, way. exactly right, like this the leader, leader, governing judge, prophetess, a yes. lot of authority. You'd be like, of course, yes. And even our day age, you could look at certain people and be like, oh, of course, God using them in such a profound ways. Exactly. Way. Here's Jael; she's in her tent. Someone with a platform,
1: someone with yes. more influence, yes. someone that's on this global stage or this like higher up. I know exactly.
0: Yeah, and here we have jail. she's in her tent it's not even like she was looking for anything to happen she just he came in and in that moment she stepped into a moment of destiny she just stepped in so I love how you're saying that yes sometimes you recognize it at the moment like this was a course-altering moment or completely miraculous but like you said you don't always know the significance but here she was not of the greatest of leaders or someone recognized he just went into her tent and she seized the moment, and God used her to bring deliverance. And here we are reading thousands of years later about Jael. Ja. She never would have thought herself to be in the history books no. or in the Bible. No. Like she's in the Bible, and because she stepped into a moment of destiny. And yeah. so I think it's exactly that reminder that there are moments every day, yeah. whether we recognize it or not, whether they feel significant or not, that God is asking us to step in for moments of destiny that we just don't maybe even know or we may recognize it and we have to have the courage. Like her, she could have easily took off and left.
1: Oh my gosh, left or been tent. so afraid. Yeah, so I, I afraid. would have imagined
0: she probably would have been so afraid. Oh yeah, like this she's not a warrior. She's like honestly, this is not what she's trained for. And she's by herself. All the warriors like here she is by herself in the tent, and this commander comes in. Very vulnerable. She must have been felt very vulnerable, very afraid. But I love when it talks about her coming to him that she quietly crept up to him like even that like she was very she knew what she was gonna do with the hammer like she's like ready (laughs) like made her way determined this is what I'm gonna do but that took a lot of courage for someone nobody is ordinary but in their life would have felt probably pretty ordinary just average she did something extraordinary and this is how our God works He doesn't use the obvious. He he will use the obvious. I'm not saying that, but oftentimes you'll see the most obscure stories come from unexpected places, unexpected people that God desires to get the glory from. So I love these two and showing that how God used both of them in such profound ways, but they both carried such different places in society, recognized so different. But God gave glory to each of these women in these moments to say, I, he saw them equal. He didn't see them different because of maybe their stature or gifting in the sight of man. Yeah. It was what God saw the heart and how he used them. I love it.
1: And I think the other significant thing as I think about both of their lives is, and again, it's not written. So we have to kind of imagine um, as we put ourselves in their shoes. But what would the preparation look like for both of these women to step into these moments? The preparation is really like obedience. It's obedience to God in the small things that in the moment do seem insignificant because I guarantee you that what they both did was not outside of their character. You even get a sense of JL's personality in the way that the story is written, that you know she, she had this ability to calm him. She had this ability to get him to trust her so she probably had you know a very much a gift of hospitality she probably had a softer demeanor and so you 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 think about aspects of her character and how she would have been and how she would have treated people and how she would have loved people and how she would have acted all of this was part of the preparation and God used her as she was to step into this moment and i think sometimes of the things that we do every day that seems so insignificant, but they could actually be very significant preparation for a, a special moment. Now, again, we don't all have in our lifetime a, such a dramatic special moment. So I don't want to paint this picture of like, we're all just waiting for this extremely dramatic moment. But I, I want you to hear that the way that you're wired, your personality, like, God wants to develop your character in the every single day as part of the preparation for how he wants to use your life. It's not that he wants to change you and make you so different from from the nature of who you are. He does, yes, want you to become more and more like him. And he does want you to be obedient. So in that, yes, transformation's happening, changes happening. But there's part of your nature. There's part of your character. There's part of your wiring. And I think about even you, Rhonda. I think about, you know, what you love about Deborah's story and even some of the giftings that you have. But all of these moments are, they're all part of the preparation of how God is using you both now and to come. So don't despise even if you're waiting for that significance or waiting for that meaning. Try and allow God to shift your perspective to see that even what seems mundane can be very significant in the kingdom of God and can be significant preparation for how God wants to use your life and your story. Again, this is an epic moment for both of them but everything that's led up to this moment was part of the preparation that prepared them for this moment. So I just think we, we have to recognize that and see that every single day and not let the enemy sort of make us feel, we don't matter, we're disposable, we're insignificant, um, we don't have the right set of gifts, um, you know, you'll never have the platform, you'll never have the influence, you'll, you're not that kind of leader. Like all of these things that play into our mind that actually cause us to do what Barack did They cause us to say, to put our faith in the wrong things. What if we just lived faithful every day to who God's created us to be, to what God's asked us to do as part of the preparation for all that he has prepared for us in advance? I mean, the New Testament literally says, God has prepared in advance the good works that we're to walk into. Mm -hmm. So we have to have a mindset. We have to have a perspective to be able to recognize that. And I just think... Every day matters. I really do think every day matters, not just that moment. You know what I mean? The preparation leading oh, up to Lord. it.
0: That's the awakening moment. You mm. just kind of honed in on this pocket here. Every day does matter, and everything is preparing us yeah. for the next. And the faithfulness yeah. is part of every day. Yeah. Because exactly all of these women, we read this moment, this slice of time, but the preparation into that. Because even JL, for example, the, the commander knew their family that's why he went to that tent she, she was out, a
1: wife yeah you know it says right there she was the wife it's saying you know it's talking about her her um position in, in the world kind of yeah. what she does exactly. like all of that right so you see her character you see how she yes. her nature
0: and this her is... husband was friends with the king of this opposing army but there was not a same allegiance that she shared so even that she drew him into the tent even in her vulnerability like at that time a woman to draw a man into the tent. She went out and got him to come, and he he felt safe, and she had, she knew what she needed to do, and she leaned into it. But all of the things that we don't read about prepared her to have the courage to go and draw this commander who felt safe in her tent. But also, there's some also com- like complexities to this story because her husband had a friendly relationship with the king that was oppressing the Israelites. So you just think, like, it's— these complexities are happening. It wasn't a straightforward course, and who knows? Even her, the ramifications, she might have been like, What is my husband gonna think? Like, I just killed like kind of an allegiance, like a friendly relationship. I just killed the commander. It's amazing, like in this all the thing, but she had been prepared for this moment, and God was with her, and God gave her victory, and there was an anointing on her, but there was a preparation even for the commander to feel safe there. Like, even that God already had a plan in in place that he would go to her tent and God was going to use her. So I love how you just spun that beautiful tapestry of the preparation pieces of our life that we diminish or we don't even recognize Yeah. That every single day matters, every decision matters. Are we going to do it perfectly? No, but God is preparing us for good works every day and we don't know the summoning of those destiny moments, but they happen. And whether we step in or we lean out, we may know at the moment or not know till later on. But God is calling us to seize those preparation moments every day. It matters. It I matters. It. it
1: matters. There's this one um, scripture, too, that I love in this story when God um, God is telling them what to do. And and he actually says, like in my Bible, I'm trying to find the, the scripture here as I just scroll. But he actually says, up, up. He just says "up" with it with an exclamation mark. I'm an exclamation mark person. I put like four after everything I write in a text or whatever. So excited! You know, four exclamation marks. I love "up." One instruction, "up," and then it says, "Go! You're gonna, you know, you're gonna defeat this this army." Da 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 da. And I love in the scriptures when God gives one word commands. I love it so much. And this is the moment that we want to be ready for. We want to be ready for the moment that God says up, up. Get up and go <laughs> and do this thing. You know, another one we see in the scriptures is go. He says go yes. as a one word command, go up. I love that so much. I love that. I And, I, and again, that also feeds into part of my wiring. I find commands like that so exciting. I love that. I love when God says, the Go. Directive, like the directive. The right. directive and like, Go. I don't like when God says, Stop. Yes, <laughs> or wait. <You're> like, <laughs> or wait. I'm oh like, oh, Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I love, like, Up, you know, go. Get ready, you know, be alert. Like, I love these kinds of commands and directives that God gives us. And I think that's exactly what it is. We want the everyday to be readying us. For when God gives the command oh,
0: so ready good. right isn't that good so I love good. that I love that well thank you for joining us today we just kind of wanted to just go through the scriptures with yeah, so you and just unpack it together some of our favorite characters and we just love how God inspires us through the scripture these are just people these are just people but when we submit to God the extraordinary happens because it's his power it's his anointing and his favor that rests upon us that we're able to do things that are all strength we could not do so today As you're at the Father's table, as you are with him, may you feel his confidence in you, his love for you, and his desire to use you beyond what you even feel is your limitation. I mean, J.L. could have shrunk right back, or even Deborah stayed at the palm and said, No, this is my place. J.L. could have said, This is my place. And they both leaned in because they heard the voice. They knew what God was asking them to do, whether it was a verbal cue or that internal knowing. They both leaned in they had been following these preparation moments so god is preparing you at the table come to the table let him speak to you let him direct you because he's got a plan that he's unfolding in your life
1: that is so true and if you're struggling to trust god if you're struggling to put your full trust in god with your future with what he has planned for you then my word of caution to you is you've wandered around this mountain long enough it's time to turn northward fix your eyes on jesus trust him to lead trust him to take you where he needs to take you because he already has prepared the good works that he has for you to walk in. Be blessed today and we look forward to seeing you back on the Awakening Moments podcast.